I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg, the author of 16 books, the subject of a documentary, um, more books on the way, and, and of course, the, the host of her own radio and podcast show. Uh, Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg, how are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks, Frank. Uh, you and know, I, I, hope, I imagine you're, I hope you are too. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm a little under, but, uh, not, t- I sound okay, right? I don't sound too bad. You do. You sound perfectly, uh, perfectly healthy. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I imagine you're, you were happy with the results of, of, uh, Dr. Warnock, uh, last night, right? Uh, uh, oh, yes. I celebrated. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a big race. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine the, the Republicans get in a worse candidate than, than Herschel Walker, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, they ex- accepted uh, Trump's choice and bore the consequences. Yeah. I mean, that was, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, looking back on it, it's like, well, why, how did he, how did he get there? He was a, just a terrible, uh, just a terrible choice for a candidate. And, uh, and by the way, he came within three points, so, you know. Ultimately, yeah. not not too far away, and and for those who didn't want that result to happen, that's uh, that's that's scarily close. Yes, it was, and of course, uh, uh, the argument was uh, that uh, the Republicans, if he had been elected, would dominate the uh, uh, the Senate uh, with a, with a filibuster, with that weapon, uh, and nothing uh, would be done for the next two years. Uh, and so uh, they would sacrifice quality of the candidate uh, for power. You know, we and, uh, yeah, and you know, fail. yeah, we were talking, we were talking a little bit off mic, and, uh, and and saying, look, that it, it doesn't just have to do with with Georgia; it has to do with uh, with other states, uh, and, and actually, it certainly has something to do with your state. And uh, yes. you know, and between you got a lot going on over there after the uh, after the election. You got everything from uh, from Beto. I'm, there's people uh, talking and making plans for for Beto. Of course, we don't know what's going to happen with Greg Abbott, but uh, that election last night, the runoff uh, election last night, uh, certainly affects your state tremendously. Yes. Yes, well, uh, there's been a lot of talk about Beto uh, lately in newspapers here. Uh, letters to the editor are pro and con, and uh, uh, in hindsight, and so forth. Um, and uh, so I'm going to start talking about Beto and then move on to uh, some of the problems that now remain since Abbott got reelected. Uh, and I think the problem. Um, at the election was that the women who uh, are now second-class citizens in Texas and have no right to an abortion uh, did not come out to vote, and I do not understand that, nor did the young people that Beto especially talked to. He was talking to everybody in Texas in person, uh, but um, but the forces of uh, especially rural Texas those who listen exclusively to Fox News, Newsmax, Breitbart, and so forth, 
prevailed in Texas, and now we are uh, we <laughs> we are suffering the consequences, in my opinion. So anyway, uh, the Republican opinion locally tends to sneer at Beto. Uh, for his frustration, frustrated ambitions in losing three times, and this, of course, they and they were saying, "Shame, shame, shame! You you tried three times, and it's time for you to quit." And one letter's headline was "O'Rourke, that's enough," and that came out on the 13th of November. And then there were a spate of letters supporting and against that one. Uh, and one of the supportive letters by Kathy uh, Matilda. Uh, am I right there? I think it's Kathy Matiela. Matiela, it sounds like an Italian name to me. Anyway, she, I'm sorry, I interrupted you, Frank. No, that's okay. Is she a, a, a private citizen or is she a public? Uh, a private citizen, citizen. yeah. Very smart woman, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, she says, and I'm, I'm going to quote her, she says, You should keep going, Beto, because you are a decent person and the type of politician who thinks with your heart, unquote. And she lists his assets. Um, he is for justice and healing in our community and uh, against building on fear of others. And and this is a quote, and I think she's quite poetic. Fear of others, dark roads of hatred and division, unquote. And she goes on to say, Beto, you have the courage to stand up to the NRA, which Abbott certainly has not. He has been a, a lackey to the NRA. Uh, and you have persistence and hard working and a hard working ethic in this tough political landscape of Texas, she says. And you have common sense solutions to, and she lists health care in, in expanding Medicaid. We are one of the few states that does not have Medicaid, and consequently. Our emergency rooms are overflowing constantly because taxpayers have to pay um, out of pocket for uh, for medical care for most poor people in this in this state. And um, he is seeking solutions to education problems such as uh, the attack on libraries uh, and the removal, uh, the banning of books. Uh, on race and uh, sex education books, and of course the banning of transgender gendered students, little children, from using the bathroom of their choice, mm -hmm. um, and common sense to the ener energy problem in Texas, uh, perhaps upgrading the state's power grid which has been removed from uh, public ownership and turned over to private corporations. And of course, that resulted in uh, 800 people freezing to death a uh, year before last. Um, actually, it's still last year. Um, uh, because private corporations are for profit, not for service. And common sense, uh, attention to cli the climate crisis. Um, so 
there there has been no attention in the uh, uh, during the election on the Republican side to uh, no attention to the climate crisis. So all of these problems continue to to uh, persist in Texas, thanks to the uh, to the uh, the election. What the writer did not uh, mention was guns, oddly enough. And, of course, we have had uh, massacres in El Paso, in uh, Santa Fe, Texas, and in Uvalde, very famous uh, one that uh, claimed national attention. In my opinion, uh, Greg Abbott won also because most uh, Texans um, uh, were afraid that he would take away their guns. He advocated for sensible background checks when he was running for president uh, for um, red flag laws. In other words, if somebody was posting on media uh, belligerent uh, screeds uh, that he was about to uh, to eliminate uh, the hostile forces in the in the world with guns. Um, and indicate that he was about to kill his mother or his mother-in-law and so on, then he would have his guns removed. That's a a red flag law um, consequence. And he also advocated that the age for buying guns in this state be raised from 18 to 21. And he advocated for the elimination of AK-47s and AR-15s and the like. And so uh, the Texas voters, although he did not, he didn't repeat his aspirations uh, about guns uh, in his campaign for the governorship, at least not often, and uh, certainly never advocated taking away uh, all guns. Uh, The Republicans, of course, uh, pictured him as part of the... uh, force that would come in black helicopters, uh, the troops in black uniforms with jack boots, and uh, and uh, descending upon the, the helpless populace and take, take away all their guns. Uh, this sort of nightmare is what the NRA had been uh, publicizing, and a lot of people believed it. So uh, Abbott has been pro-gun consistently and has passed a law, famously, uh, that any Texan over 18 without any kind of training can walk into a gun store and buy a gun, including AK-47s and AR-15s, and carry them openly on our streets. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is the effect of this law, the open carry law, and uh, allowing anybody... Anybody over 18 just walk in. There's no uh, background checks necessary, no questions asked. Um, And I would say this has been um, being an obedient lackey for the NRA in spades. Uh, But there are other policies that that I want to focus on that are now in effect and have and were in effect before the the uh, election began and that is Abbott's much touted operation Lone Star and one of the Republicans um, 
in the in the past election, um, one of the uh, I should say one of the themes of the Republicans in the past election was um, inflation. The other one was the invasion of foreign nationals, meaning mainly the Hispanics at the southern border. So, okay. So, what is Operation Lone Star? Governor Abbott launched the operation in March 2021 because there was a rise in illegal immigration in May uh, of that year. Uh, Governor Abbott issued a disaster declaration that now covers 48 counties, most of them counties along or near the border, of course, and it was directed it uh, directed the Departments of Public Safety to use, and I'm quoting, all available resources to enforce all applicable federal and state laws to prevent the criminal activity along the border, including criminal trespassing, Mm. smuggling, and human trafficking, and to assist Texas counties in their efforts to address those criminal activities, unquote. Okay, so uh, uh, he used uh, he has used the National Guard uh, up until Operation Lone Star. He used the the uh, National Guard in traditional capacities, like uh, disaster relief and after Hurricane Harvey and the winter storm uh, that uh, froze people. Then he activated them. Um, to uh, to assist in local law enforcement during the the protests after George Floyd's murder, I don't think there were I don't think there were too many protests in Texas, but uh, he did activate the uh, the guard for uh, protecting the uh, the populace at that point. However, his use of the guard for Operation Lone Star stands apart for its enormity, its depth, its breadth. He, he declared, as I said before, a state of disaster at the border in order to activate and get this, 10,000 troops. Wow. Which, yeah, yeah. Which is about half the entire guard yeah. uh, of Texas. And uh, what makes that deployment extraordinary is, uh, is the fact that, um, that it continues uh, in modern history, guards are typically deployed in short bursts, as I just described, for disasters and so on. And uh, for state state active duty status for missions specific to the state, and the deployment usually runs from 15 to 20 to 60 days, according to the averages provided by the National Guard itself. Now, federal deployments. Uh, are usually a minimum of 12 months. So if if the national government called up the Texas National Guard, um, they they uh, could use them for 12 months, and that would be uh, traditional. But the state itself uh, has never before used the guard for any such time. So um, I, uh, a footnote. Um, a footnote to this, uh, after uh, January 6th, uh, 
2021, the insurrection at the Capitol, the attack on the Capitol. 25,000 National Guard troops were ordered. Now, this was from, from all the states, not just Texas, to provide security in Washington, D.C. for a peaceful transition of power from one president to the next. Of those troops, 1,200 were from Texas. Mm. But Abbott called them home after complaints that rest facilities, quote-unquote, and I think that means toilets, were inadequate. In other words, he used an excuse to pull those troops out uh, when they had been called up by the federal government to protect the incoming president, which meant that Abbott was aiding and abetting the coup. Mm. He took out Texas's uh, share of protecting the new president for for a flimsy excuse. The toilets were inadequate. (laughs) That's just a footnote. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so uh, it is totally unusual for such an enormous number of National Guard to be uh, deployed as they have been and for so for so very long. So so uh, how what has been or what was uh, what was Beto O'Rourke's uh, position on the National Guard troops at the border because this uh, this Lone Star Operation Lone Star had begun already before the uh, uh, before the campaign began, uh, he had said that, and I'm quoting him, this spending $4 billion over the last two years to solve not a single thing other than perhaps advancing the political career of Greg Abbott deeply dishonors the service of those who wear the uniform, unquote. So he would obviously have addressed the border security very differently uh, and would have uh, coordinated more with the Department of Public Safety, the state police, and voluntary voluntary selective deployments of the National State Guard rather than uh, what has been, what has happened. Now, an article came out an editorial came out on the 29th of November, right after Thanksgiving, the following week. And I'm going to, uh, it's a very short editorial, actually, but I'm going to read it and comment on it because I think it brings out the problems of this deployment very, very sharply. So, and this was the paper itself. Uh, the uh, the editorial the editorial it is not signed. So um, it says uh, it's addressed to the Lone Star troops themselves. So the the use of you is addressing the men on the border. Thank you for what you are doing. We know you have put your lives on hold in service of your state and nation. We respect your sacrifice, but we also wonder, what exactly are you doing out there? Mm. Nobody knows, actually. This is my comment. Nobody has any notion of what these people are actually doing. Well, one thing we do know, and that is that they are not allowed to arrest anybody. (laughs) 
They're allowed to escort people. Wow. <laughs> but we don't know more than that. Okay, I'll go on with the reading. We've heard how more than than 5,000 of you, actually that's 10,000, um, 10, so double this, that more than 5,000 of you are stationed along the southern border with Mexico. From time to time, we see images of you standing near a Humvee and looking toward the river, but we don't know how much more than that. Uh, we don't know much more than that, and we're interested in what you're doing. Sadly, most te Texans, especially those with no ties to the Department of Public Safety or Texas Military Department, have no understanding of, what, uh, of your work or how it's impacting your lives. Operation Lone Star has incurred costs Texas can never repay, $4 billion, and rising. We are sorry... Uh, we're sorry, 10 of your peers have died during this operation. They are in our thoughts. Actually, most of that figure uh, have committed suicide. And I'll get to the reasons for that uh, in a little bit. We also think about your mental and physical health, and we hope you have the resources to take care of yourself. Then there's the $4 billion and rising cost of deploying thousands of troops to the border. As taxpayers, we deserve to know what our money is going toward. Yeah. Unfortunately, the state rarely gives the media access to the people or the mission. We wonder why. State leaders should want to win the hearts and minds of those paying the bills. We've seen... Governor Greg Abbott's statistics about migrant apprehensions, busing, arrests, and seized fentanyl. We wonder, is this success? What difference does it really make? And how much of it could have been done without Operation Lone Star? Which is a very burning question. I think the, uh, the border guard itself uniquely empowered to arrest people and charge them with crimes, um, and not the, uh, the National Guard, um, they could have done it all alone uh, with the resources they now have. And we don't really know, I'm going back reading now, and we don't really know uh, what that means for you. How are you? How are the living and work conditions, your leadership? What's day-to-day -day life like? Are you finally getting paid correctly? And this is a jab uh, against Abbott, who did not pay them to begin with. They weren't getting their pay. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you have enough cold weather gear? How are your families? How's the food? Are you keeping busy, or is there a lot of sit around and wait? Are you getting enough support from the state? Hmm. Is the mission worthwhile? Okay, all of these questions are very cogent and very correct because, as far as we know, they are simply sitting in their Humvees or standing next to them, staring out at the river. We've seen nothing else. We've seen some of them escorting families uh, toward the, uh, uh, the immigration facilities. That we've seen, but nothing more than that.
Okay. Uh, going back to the uh, to the actual text, we've heard Abbott declare an invasion and how the state is escalating unprecedented security efforts. He also declared Mexican drug cartels, foreign terrorist organizations, and outlined a, com a compact with other states to secure the border. That sounds intense. We read about armored personnel carriers, increased aircraft flights, gunboats, border walls, and how the National Guard will, quote, repel and turn back immigrants trying to cross the border illegally, unquote. That's serious talk that makes part of America sound like a war zone. Does it feel like a war zone? Many of you have deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan. How does this compare? Good question. We haven't heard of, of any live combat on the border, have we? Last week, we saw that Abbott and Department of Public Safety Director Steve McCraw served Thanksgiving meals and tamales to some of you in Edinburgh. We hope you got the opportunity to ask questions. We wish we could say you are going home soon, but with the state's escalation talk, that doesn't seem likely. Maybe someday federal officials on both sides of the aisle will knock down their imaginary walls to reform border security and immigration laws. Until then, it seems thousands of Texans will be, remain deployed to Texas. We appreciate you, and we look forward to your safe return home. Best wishes during this holiday season. And that's that's the editorial. Very, very sharp. Yeah, and no doubt. very, very cogent. Yeah. So uh, the, the issues are, let me see if I can get to the issues here. Oh, my cat's lying on them. <laughs> <laughs> the cat's... <laughs> okay, the issues are just what are they doing there, down there, and and how are we going to pay those billions of dollars it's costing us to keep them there, and uh, how are we going to compensate them, really, the few dollars they're, they're getting from Abbott, cannot compensate them for the loss of their own private lives. Most of these men are private citizens who are in business, so they can't tend to their business. They can't tend to their families. They, In fact, they are uh, out there in the wilderness <laughs> uh, doing very little, probably, uh, and their lives have been interrupted. And so they are committing suicide, some of them. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So this this is the... This is a wonderful thing that Abbott is doing, uh, in addition to busing uh, hapless immigrants, uh, lying to them that they're going to have uh, going to have jobs when they get to uh, New York City. Let's say uh, all everything all prepared for them when they get to New York, except that uh, the buses arrive and New York hasn't even been informed. And the same with Chicago and Philadelphia, and certainly not Martha's Vineyard. Uh, 
So, <laughs> uh, so uh, things are are in a terrible muddle. And as far as fed, the federal attention to this uh, in the House, attention has been paid, and legislation has been sent to the Senate, where it has been blocked by filibuster. And then the Democrats can be accused of doing nothing. <laughs> wow. The Republicans have stopped it. Yeah. So they can then say, look, the Democrats are not doing a damn thing. Yep. So, uh, you know, that's what they'll say. I'm sorry? You know, that's what they'll say. Yes, yes. And they will go, uh, maybe it can be, uh, something can be done about it now. Uh, but uh, we have a tiny, tiny window the rest of December, really, uh, to uh, to get a few things done. Uh, the uh, the things that uh, uh, that the House has already sent to the Senate, uh, those that are most uh, urgent can uh, can be enacted, uh, possibly, because we now have a majority. Except that it doesn't uh, doesn't come into effect until. Until January, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so we're up a creek, really, in this nation, uh, stymied by the filibuster. <laughs> so what are we going to do about that? There are those who are so petrified that the Democrats can't use the filibuster uh, when the Republicans take over the entire government that they will not even consider eliminating the filibuster. So nothing will be done, I fear. Yeah. So what do you think about that, Frank? Well, yeah, I agree with you that nothing will, uh, will be done. Look, I, you know, I, I go back to, uh, you know, I, I go back to uh, uh, President Obama's uh, second, uh, second term. Right. Um, and Mitch McConnell showed what he can do and what he will do and what he'll be proud about doing he took bows for that he 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 didn't he wasn't ashamed of that he was uh he was proud that he stopped oh, yeah. he, uh-huh. that he stopped the the president from from doing that so you you know that's that's where it was uh, you know chuck schumer who i know very well and he's a friend and uh <coughs> to call him the majority leader um Prior to you know uh, to what's coming up now, uh, is really a misnomer because of uh, uh, Mansion and, and Cinema. Um, right. You know. You, you know. It, yes, you had the majority. Technically, you had the majority, but without those two, uh, you, you don't have it. So you 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 needed to pick up some here. What is the count? Uh, do you do you know the count? Uh, what will it yes. be? Uh, January first or January second? What uh, what's the count in the Senate? Uh, it, it is uh, 51 uh, Democrats to 49 Republicans at the moment. Yeah. And, uh, and for next year, that is. Yeah, yeah. And and again, it, it's still, you know, you still are vulnerable because of cinema and, uh, and mansion. Um, well, if both of them uh, gang up, then yes. But if only one does, uh, then things can still come up for a vote at least. Because Kamala Harris would break the tie. Yes, exactly. Right. So you know that's uh, you know that's my thought. You know, uh, Mitch McConnell is, uh, uh, you know, like I, I was going to say, he's not to be trusted, but I guess uh, you can trust him. 
to to do uh, you know to to block to uh, be an obstructionist uh you could trust that he'll he'll do that he's promised to do that in in the past and i think he'll do it again uh, you know it's amazing you know that uh th- that that's uh, that's where it is and if he has an opportunity for that to happen you know you know he's going to do it right unfortunately uh, although he has uh, gotten on board a couple of times of uh, of things that uh, that the republicans really agree with uh so a few things have been passed thanks to that but uh on the whole he is mr no and very very uh proud of the fact that he has blocked just about everything uh to the detriment of the country he's truly truly harming the nation and believes he's uh, he, he's doing a great service yeah I, right. this was as you pointed out this was particularly heinous in my opinion uh when he tried to destroy uh president obama and said that he was going to make him a one-term president right. and he almost did uh, because obama uh accomplished very little in his second term as you said yeah right well, the one thing, and, and I know that's this isn't our subject today, but the, the one thing is I, I think McConnell and M- McCarthy are, are privately working behind the scenes to stop Trump. Um, uh-huh. I, I'm just getting that vibe. I'm getting that, uh, that feeling. So, uh, you know, M- McConnell has a lot of reasons not to like uh, former President Trump, right? Um, his he attacked his wife. I think he fired his wife. Uh, uh, Donald Trump did, and um, I, yeah. And so I I see, you know, that kind of um, uh, you know following up there. And, and you know the the question is, uh, you know, will will everybody rally behind DeSantis? You know, will the Republicans rally behind DeSantis? And you know where you know Democrats might might think that DeSantis is uh, the lesser of two evils. He's not going to tweet. He's not going to do this. But, uh, you know, if if you're a Democrat, which you are, you know, a Democrat, um, the uh, I, the bigger fear, I would think, is that uh, DeSantis is, uh, is less reprehensible to people than Trump is. And, uh, and he still has the same policies. It'll be you know, it'll it'll be uh, you know extreme right wing, um, you know. And again, I'm not you know passing judgment on that, but I'm saying that he's going to be extreme right wing the same way uh, Trump was. He's just going to be a yeah. more a pleasant version of of that. And the thing is, uh, do Democrats um, or should Democrats um, cheer on Trump because Trump is is beatable uh, and you know very very beatable. I guess the fear is that if somehow he didn't lose and you got him for another four years, you got, you know, you got the boogeyman for for four years um, uh, out there. And, and the the uh, the question is, do you cheer against Trump from getting the nomination um, or do you cheer right. him on figuring that he's beatable? Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, uh the problem with DeSantis is uh, he has the same policies as Trump, only he is rational. Right. That's right. <laughs> and Trump was not. Trump was just working on impulse and egotism uh, and 
totally unpredictable, chaotic. Uh, DeSantis would be methodical, and therefore I think he would be a more fearsome uh, candidate and president than Trump would be from that point of view. But on the other hand, Trump uh, would fix it so that he would be perpetual president. Um, he would be a dictator. Uh, so we would have a, a, a madman, essentially, uh, as our president indefinitely until he died. Uh, and then perhaps, uh, uh, well, it would be someone he picked, whether it was one of his boys, uh, for whom I think he has contempt. Right. Uh uh, or it would be someone else um, that he, that Trump would pick to be dictator. It would not be an election, or if it were an election, it would be a pseudo-election. So that would be something to fear if Trump got back in. I'm not sure about DeSantis, whether he would want to destroy the Constitution or not. No, it doesn't seem like that, to be honest. No. It just doesn't. But he will, he will have similar policies than Trump. Yes, yeah, no doubt. And I think that uh, that would be more uh, fearsome uh, in a way uh, because, as I say, he would be methodical about uh, carrying out those policies. So uh, either one of them, I think, is uh, is not to be desired. Certainly not on my uh, from my point of view. So uh, yeah. So we are going to have a rough ride of it. Uh, the next few years. We'll see. You know, we'll see. And and the thing is that uh, that red wave was supposed to happen, or that red tsunami was supposed to yeah. happen, and it just didn't. And um, it, uh, it, you know, you know. So, you know, here we uh, here we go, um, not knowing until the election uh, comes in. And and uh, in in retrospect. Um, you know, it's, it seems to me like Herschel Walker never really had a chance, even though it was a three-point um, differential. Um, you know, I uh, somebody asked me yesterday uh, in the daytime, what do I think? And I said, I, you know, I think three points, Warnock by, uh, by, by three points. And, um, and we, uh, you know, that's what we got basically, right? He won by three points. And maybe it'll change when paper comes in and, and all of that. But we, um, uh, you know, we, uh, it, you know, uh, jump to conclusions and think that we're going to have this hard time. By the way, what did, uh, what did Beto O'Rourke lose by? Was it five points? Uh, I'm not sure. Was it something like, uh, uh, you know, 50, uh, no, it wasn't 55, 45. That would be 10 points. I don't think yeah. like that, but it might have been no, 50, no. 53, uh, 47, you know, something, something along those lines. Um, but anyway, it's, uh, it, you know, and, and you kind of thought that, right? You know, you didn't, it, it wasn't a surprise that Beto, um, that Beto lost, um, you know, the, uh, the, and actually it's not even a surprise at what he lost, uh, lost by, I think we would have, uh, uh, we we all would have expected that, right? We expected that, uh, not that you were hoping for that, but uh, but right. that that you expected um, that to uh, basically go. Um, hold on, Beto. I'm just looking him up as we as we uh, as we talk here. Uh huh. Yeah. So do do tell me exactly because I don't know. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's something I should have yeah, obviously should have known and memorized. Well, I, yeah, I don't know because, you know, you figured, okay, he didn't win, so that's... Just... Yeah, that's it, yes. Uh, yes, in your disappointment, you're, you don't uh, necessarily look for uh, tiny details, although that's not tiny. Yeah. But I think he was about five points behind. Yeah, I'm trying but, to find But uh, that's a guess. Hold on. Uh, and, you know, as people, people are probably screaming the number at, at their radio. Yeah, I bet they are. Yeah. <laughs> I bet they are. Uh, but anyway, uh, results, let me, and I'm, I'm looking at, looking at that. Uh, well, it, look, I, by the way, I, where we started today, we started with the letter from, um, uh, here we go, hold on, we should have, seeking a third term. Uh, 54.8 to 43.8, and other candidates, 1.36. Yeah, it's a pretty big... That's yeah, a that's a big, big gap. Yeah, big yeah. gap. So, and he, he beat him by almost, a, what is that, almost a, a million votes? Yeah, he beat him by almost a million votes. A lot of people yeah. in Texas. Yeah, so mm -hmm. that wasn't a... Um, wasn't all that competitive, but the uh, whenever you hear the the other party, in this case the the Republicans saying, "Give it up, don't run anymore," that's a good <laughs> sign because if if they really felt that way, if they felt that he was the easy uh, easy get, they would want him to run all the time. You know, uh, they don't want him to run because he one day he's going to catch lightning in a bottle, and he'll catch the <laughs> wave. He's got you know when they t talk about him being. Uh, losing three times, they're talking about the presidential too, right? The presidential right. primary. Yeah, that's that's not fair. I mean, there's you know a whole bunch of people yeah. in there, and um, but uh, the Ted Cruz race is where he made his bones, and then uh, here um, he got back at um, out there. Um, so yeah, I mean it's you know it's I think there was a very good. You made a very good point, and the and the person who wrote, you know, run Beto, run again uh, is well. Don't give up, Beto. You're a good guy. Uh, I think she was right on, uh, right on point, and, and I yes. think that's where he, his head is. I don't think he's, uh, you know, maybe in retrospect he wishes he didn't run this year. Uh, it, you yeah. Know, it, it 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 didn't serve him any good to to run, but you know, at, at the time that he was deciding to run. You and I were thinking, wow, he could give Abbott a run uh, for his money um, at that time. I think just soon after that is, is when uh, uh, it just looked like Abbott was going to, you know, run away with it. But, um, you know, hey, look, um, you know, at the, at the end of the day, uh, you know, Beto walks a player and he, he's going to find a race that he, could, uh, he can get himself in. By the way. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, and you know, I don't want to make any uh, any comparison to Lincoln, but Lincoln lost to Douglas in the in the famous senatorial races. Uh, mm -hmm. where he had all those debates, and he, but he got his name out there, and then he crushed Douglas. Uh, you know, people forget that Douglas was one of the one of the people that was running for president against Lincoln. Uh, Bell right. and Breckinridge yeah. uh, also, and and they kind of split votes uh, among themselves, but. Um, 
you know, you, you know, saying that Beto O'Rourke should give it up. Uh, th- those are the same people that, that that would say that Abraham Lincoln should give it up. You know, that yes. he couldn't. Yeah. And, uh, and again, he uh, he he caught lightning in a bottle. He got he got his right opportunity. It was the big one. It was the the, the presidency. And thank God for this country that he didn't get. Uh, and I don't know what this country where this country would be. I don't know where the world would be. Uh, That's right. You know, yeah. you know, I mean, if you think about Lincoln, if he didn't preserve the union and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and by the way, not to mention uh, end slavery, but if he didn't preserve the union and it would have split, um, uh, you know, who knows if the uh, if the country would have been able to stop uh, the Kaiser, first of all, right. and uh, in World War One and then in World War Two, uh, Nazi Germany, who knows? You know what would have happened uh, if we didn't get involved and we weren't unified as a, as a party. That goes back to uh, to to Lincoln. So yes, it does. Uh, and uh, the uh, Southern states, uh, the America Firsters were very very strong in the Southern states. Uh, America First was pro Nazi. Yeah. Uh, and I had a teacher. <laughs> who was an American firster, and so I experienced it firsthand in the sixth, fifth grade, fifth grade. Uh, and uh, she uh, she was very hard, hostile and cruel to uh, children whose fathers were uh, in the military, any, any kind of military, wow. Navy, Marines, Army, anything. And my dad was an officer, a, a uh, uh, an engineer in the engineer uh, corps uh, during World War II and in the European theater. Uh, and he died because of his service. He didn't die on the battlefield, but as a consequence of his wounds. So, so uh, my father did sacrifice his life for his country yeah. and for the Constitution. <laughs> so yeah. I'm very strong about that. But uh, the country, uh, if Lincoln had not uh, won that election and that South had seceded, the South would have been pro-Nazi during World War II, I think. I, I think no question about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, right, no question about it. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I didn't never even thought of that. Right, the South would have been pro-Nazi. Wow. And Yeah, and wow. <laughs> A big difference in world history. Yeah, you're not kidding. Wow. And that goes down and comes down to Lincoln, and uh, you know what a what a great man, what a great president. Uh, we'll never have a greater president because there'll never be circumstances that we know of uh, that'll be anything like that. That's true. Yeah. I, I hope not. Anyway. Right. <laughs> you know, but you do never know. Well, Doc, uh, we started with the uh, um, the editorials. Uh, give us a last uh, a, a last thought on Beto. Um, I, I think he'll take a take a step back. He'll write write some books. He'll make some money. Um, maybe he'll work in the administration, in the uh, in the Biden administration. Um, yes. But uh-huh. I, I think he'll be a player in two years, either as a presidential candidate or uh, a vice presidential. Uh, uh, or um, he could try uh, a Senate being becoming a senator again. Um, although the Senate has, has not not been up to much lately, uh, but right. but that is an office he would he would serve very well in, of course. Yeah, yeah. We haven't heard the uh, last of Beto O'Rourke. I mean, he's I'm sure, and uh, 
and I will do what I can, writing letters and stuff, <laughs> right. to encourage him. Yeah, and speaking here. Well, listen, Doc, thank you. Uh, uh, great stuff, as always. And pardon my voice, everyone. Uh, but you, you Yeah, yeah, I can tell you are, you are under the weather. Yeah, it so, should be better. So, I'm negative for I'm negative for COVID. Uh, that is a good thing. Yeah, I keep uh, <laughs> I keep uh, testing negative for it, so I assume that rapid tests are are, are, are not betraying me here. Um, but uh, uh, thank you, and uh, it, great stuff as always, Doc. And we'll uh, we'll we'll see everybody, and we'll talk to everybody again this Monday coming up. And uh, right, and uh, great stuff as always. Uh, to everyone out there, we know you have a lot of choices. Thank you very much for tuning in each and every week. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on the Florence Weinberg Show.